So, welcome back. We hope that you've had a good week. Uh, we are doing part two. Um, if you missed part one, please go back and listen to it because there's some good uh, valid information in there that you might need. Yeah, this is a sequel. So, you have to have watched part one of this epic movie. Otherwise, none of the rest of this will make sense. So, please do go back and listen if you haven't. If you, ha- if you did listen to part one, please enjoy part two. So, um, I- I'm... I'm going to now uh, defend my, my institution from these two heathens. We're not um, heathens. Because it pays for my children. <laughs> please, don't, please don't lump Yvette in with me. <laughs> for her sake. Uh, for her sake. So, uh, okay. Um, other side of the coin with this one. Yes. Um, Uncle Steve. So, the the yes, institution is broken. It is indefinite need of either an overhaul or a totally new way of, of doing it or like you're saying maybe just a mechanic fix but let me maybe ask the question um mm. in terms of uh what, what you guys what you and evie have been chatting about um mm. just recently now if we are saying that we need to be a bit more open um, and, and, and a bit less. Um, I'm trying to find the words in my mind, but le- uh, the words that come to mind is the ritual is about finding God, but we, we sometimes make it about just, you know, doing the do and, and getting things done. Mm. But what about those spaces where um, the church gives us boundaries? It gives us almost in a way like this is as far as I think you should go. Um, and this is as far as the church will go in terms of this topic and that topic. And, and in terms mm. of the way that we do things, here are the boundaries and this is where you are limited. But... In the same sense, come and look for God within this space. Don't go out mm-hmm. there. That's the wilderness. Mm-hmm. The church doesn't go there. It's too far for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the the for me, the challenge of deconstructing um, and mm-hmm. and re-examining our church space as it is is that it then leaves the space open for a lot of what I'd like to call cuckoo brain um, <laughs> where people are saying, no, the way that we connect with God and the way that we worship God is by spraying doom in somebody's face. Um, yeah. And the way that we connect with God is by eating grass off of the floor um, yeah. because uh, no, it's fine. It's, it's within our rules. Whereas the, the institutions that we have, the, the big established churches would never let the situation get that far. Um, and, and then I think about the young people spaces and, and, and the spaces that we work in, in terms of saying that this is as far as our theology goes and, and we do not um, cross this line and, and that line in terms of 
maybe looking after some of our young people who are impressionable and, and open to hearing all sorts of things. And then we're saying, no, no, it's fine. It, it's, it's all open. You can find God in all sorts, in everywhere. If that guy says that this is how you do it, go and do it. It's fine. Um, mm. And I think that kind of, you know, now we're, yeah, it, it's a very slippery slope in, in terms of where our young ones are, where our children are. It just came mm. up for me as, as, as Yvette was talking about the Sunday school curriculum that she's so busy with. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, those are great questions on the one hand. And so I would want to weigh them carefully, right? Because, you know, I, th I think partly what we do is we get carried away with some kind of doom and gloom prophet talk, you know. What if we went down this way, you know, possibly the whole of society would fall to pieces. And that's been yes. said a number of times on a number of issues. And so let's stick with our church institution that will keep us safe and keep us from problems. You know, the issue with that is it's not so simple and you only have to look into the church history, you know, Catholic church and their, uh, their problems with children and their priests. So the institution hasn't done really good job there of protecting people, keeping them safe. And at the same time has done wonderful work. In some ways, I think I'm far more of a Catholic than I'm anything else. If I look at my own sort of faith system, Hmm, okay, um, And so I am personally no longer in a space in which I need an organization to police me. I'm not a child. And so I don't need to be treated by this benevolent adult as a child, as though they're the only ones because they're an organization that can police the truth. Now that starts to sound like a very sort of millennial statement, kind of, I can do whatever I want, leave me alone. <laughs> But that's not what I mean. What I mean is that the church's institution needs to take very seriously the fact that it behaves paternalistically towards its members, and it treats them as people who can't think. And I've seen this across traditional contemporary expressions of church. You have incredibly intelligent people who in any sphere in life would be leaders and thought, you know, sort of thought leaders game changes, and they go to a church meeting and they sit there like this meek little mouse. And somebody, potentially even 30 years their junior, sometimes it's an age thing, or is who's far less educated, or whatever it is, suddenly is calling all the shots. And I sit, sit, sit there and go, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> You're not a child in this space. Behave like an adult. That's what you are. And the institution behaves like that. It treats its members often as children, does its thinking for them. And so I'm not personally in that space where I need an organization to do my thinking for me or police me or tell me when I'm going into the wilderness or not. Yes. On the other hand, I have great appreciation and respect and a need for relational community that will be around me and ask key critical questions that will share their thoughts, um, that will say, Steve, goodness me, what on earth are you on about here? You sound like you're, to use your language, you know, going to that cuckoo brain <laughs> side of things. Steve, why on earth would you want to go and plant a church and spray doom in people's faces? Oh, God told me. God told me that I need to drive a BMW and earn 10 million rand a year 
and I'm going to go and set up a church in Soweto amongst the poorest of the poor, and I'm going to convince them that that's what God has told me, and that's how I'm going to make my living. You know, that's disgusting. I think any normal human being would be able to see through that in a heartbeat, hopefully. Um, let me be careful there in terms of what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but, but I hear you. I, but I do. I, I really the organization do. has a complete hold on truth and that they're able to steer and guide our lives without getting anything wrong is a false dichotomy. And I think we need to be able to wade into that a little bit deeper and go, let's get into robust relational community and see where we go. Because this institution with its hierarchies and treating us like children, it's not one or the other. It's not we have it or we don't. We're safe or we're not. It's, it's far more diverse than that. There are people leaving the institutional church who are claiming that they find God in far more beautiful and expressive ways, that they are reaching God and God is reaching them far more deeply when they have left the institutional church because a lot of the debris around them and the hubris around them is just removed. Uh, and mm. without that, God seems to be clearer and to speak more loudly, etc. And there are others who are committed to staying within the, the institution and to try and reform it. And mm. I would say, fantastic. Go and be who you believe yourself to be. Go and journey with God. Do not go off as a lone wolf on your own. That's I, I wouldn't think that that's a great idea. I think you need to be in committed community. But to suggest that that's not possible outside of the organization as church, I think is just patently false. Um, unfortunately, hmm, that's very, very deep, and I, and so there's <laughs> there's a part in my heart that that really, truly uh, agrees with what you're saying that that we we really have to challenge um, the the institution as we know and have it. Um, but I know that for some people, it, it's just it's the the chains bring comfort. You know, um, you, you, you speak to prisoners who who have been in prison for the last 30 years and, and they don't know any better and and they can't, um, express and live a life outside of prison. Not saying that church is prison. Good Lord. Um, (laughs) but, but, but it's true that, that, Steve, (laughs) but, but the institution can, it, it can really become, um, the crunch mm. that that we need and that we use, but in the same vein, it, it can be a beautiful um thing that helps us when when we are the most broken. And I think those are the difficult questions that we need to be challenging and asking. Is saying is are our church communities being helpful or are they stifling our spiritual growth? Um mm. and and it's a question that we need to be asking individually, and then it's a question that we need to be asking as a group and and having those difficult conversations with each other mm. because th- those are really quite desperately needed at this point because I think mm. we're at the point now where we've really found the value of communal relationships uh, and mm. and because it was so quickly taken away from us and we were so starved for it we 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 noticed the value of it and the value of real true relationships i think a lot mm. of people in this time and in this space started to figure out who are the people that actually really care for them you, yeah. you know um the hello once a week 
suddenly disappeared and you never heard from that person again or the hello once a week suddenly became a phone mm. call hello every day that you suddenly realized wow this person really does care for who i am and what i am as a human being and mm. i and, and i think that as we start to realize these are the communities that are caring for me and these are the communities where we just kind of said hello to each other and and that was about it we need to be challenging those spaces and saying mm. all these communities we need to be growing relationally with each other in a strong emotionally meaningful way mm. um and, and so and so what i'm hearing from you uh steve is that that's the the challenge that we're a throwing out to people within the church so individually you in church this is the conversation that we're saying like are you getting what you need from this and then b as a community is your church and is your space providing that for the people that are coming because we're all involved in it it's not just um you know reverend so and so who's who's in charge of that we we have to take cognitive responsibility for it as a whole um yeah. to be able to do it properly i like that uh so yeah. yes mm. I, i think the church does need to deconstruct and maybe in some spaces it doesn't need to be torn apart and something new created but maybe in some spaces it really does it really does need to be taken apart and say you cannot continue doing this here where you are hmm. that's where my brain is i like a lot of what you say mo i think the only thing i would add yes. specifically now as it comes to mind you talk about those two things that we can go and do in our church communities And the first question I I see you dividing it between the individual and the corporate level. So what I do within myself and as myself and what we do together. And I think the question of am I getting out of this what I need to get out of this is really important. And I think we can hold this in tension with the other question on the individual which is am I bringing to this all that I am? Oh yes, Because I, I think that one of the yeah. Yeah, and and I I don't think that you, you know, left that out on purpose or you disagree. Because I think one of the problems with institution, one of the things the system teaches us is that we can come and consume. And so in many ways the church is a marketplace that peddles goods and services and we just come and pay for what we need. And you can see it when people get upset, you know, I called for the priest and they didn't run immediately. Um, and you know, people use this language of, oh, I disagree with what the church is doing, I'll withhold my money, or you're know, going to punish people, it's all this other rubbish. Um, and so there is a tension between what do I need, because as an individual human being, we have needs, and they must be met for us to be fulfilled, holistically fulfilled human beings. But also part of what is needed of us, and what we need is to meet others' needs, to really be in genuine relationship. And I think if you bring those two to the party, that can also then inform the conversation of what are we going to do? Because the we for me must be arrived at second to what am I? What am I looking to get and what am I looking to give, if I can put it simply? You know, mm, I mean, mm, an hour-long mm. conversation here between the three of us doesn't even do justice already to something like this. And, you know, if people want to argue, I always welcome argument. I, I think it's fantastic. It's really helpful for us to move forward. And if people want to agree, but it's really just to start scratching the surface and starting to think, what can I do? What do I get? And then how do, how do I, as an I, involve myself in the we? And mm. how can we bash this out together? Um, yeah, 
I, I like a lot of what you have to say. So, hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm going to um, jump onto something that you just said in, in terms of an hour-long conversation is not going to um, do justice to this conversation mm. that we have started in our brains. And this is a conversation that you have already been having for quite some time now within your podcast. Um, mm. Just as a quick side note, how do I get to your podcast if I need to go and listen to more of this and, and the great people that you've interviewed? Mm. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the details that you can put in the show notes. Yes. But you can look the podcast up on Podbean at the moment. And it's okay. Urban Mystic if you want to go and have a listen along. Season two mm-hmm. is launching tomorrow with our first guest, Christopher Harrison, who's a, a Methodist minister. And I know you guys interviewed John van der Laar recently. He's also one of our guests in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you go and look for Urban Mystic, um, you can also find dot karma.coza, I speak under correction. But I'll send you the link so you can put it in your show notes for anyone listening who can access that. And then is it available on um, all the different other uh, podcast platforms like iTunes and Google Podcasts? Yeah, I think it's still, uh, in the case, it's still being distributed to other platforms Fantastic. um, as a new project, but it should be available there soon. But at the very least, you can listen to it through a web browser. Through okay, you don't fantastic. have to use the Podbean app. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. In, mm. in, indeed. Um, I think it's just for for people to really understand that um, we can't do all of this um, in one go, and mm. it's it's something that you have been working on for for a very very long time. Um, the Urban mm. Mystic podcast um, conversation about deconstructing church. Um, the problem um, of the good and cultivating spirituality. Mm. Uh, so, yes, please just do go listen to it and, and just get into grips with uh, the stuff that you guys are talking about and mm. uh, really have. So the, the question that I want to ask is, give us a little bit of a, a taste of some of the people that you may have interviewed so far, I know a couple of days ago you had uh, Brian McLaren on. Yeah, man, it's been such an exciting journey um, because mm. we just threw a, quite a wide net out and I couldn't believe what came back in terms of response. So we've been exceptionally privileged with the caliber of people who've responded to come and be guests for season two. So yeah, Brian McLaren, we interviewed last week, Thursday um, from the U.S., uh, and what a what a privilege it was to chat with him for about two hours around his journey, the work that he's currently doing. And he tells some of his story in terms of his experiences of God and his deconstruction and his movement away from kind of church institution. And I, I had I, there were some real surprises for me in terms of some of the story he tells. So if you if you're interested in Brian McLaren as an author, incredibly prolific author. My goodness, he's written and written and written um, and a wonderful thinker. And he's very synonymous with the idea of deconstruction. You can go and listen to that. Um, and we've had John van der Laar, who's an ex-Methodist minister, Christopher Harrison, who's a current Methodist minister, and he's working with Fresh Africa, um, who has a vision to transform local church communities and to look at doing ministry in a different way. Um, Dion Foster, who's the head of systematic theology, if I'm correct, down at Stellenbosch, 
joined us also for, I think, two sessions mm. to talk about his experiences. Perhaps it's worth just noting. So we, we, we wanted to do personal experiences and reflections around the topic with people. And so the three questions we asked of our guests was what is their foremost and formative experiences of God? And then sometimes connected with that directly and other times it's separate, they're calling into ministry. Um, second, we talked to them around the question of their deconstruction away from the church's institution, or at least just their relationship with church and how that has gone over the, the duration of their life or, or ministry. Mm-hmm. And lastly, just the question about what are they doing now? So for some of them, it's life after church. Some of them, it's life within the church, but in a different way. Um, and so that's been really fascinating. A um, couple of other South African guests and then a couple of other international guests. We had Richard Jacobson from unchurching.com, who also has a, a fascinating story around his work and life through church. Um, and then, yeah, some local people who've just been parts of uh, parts of church or parts of ministry um, and have either been in full-time ministry or um, have been you know deeply involved in leadership within church and have transitioned out. Mm, um, mm. And so, yeah, just wow, what an incredible privilege to hear their stories. Some in- incredibly vulnerable moments as people shared quite deeply uh, on what it's been like to to journey through the church, some of their hurts, some um, great moments of healing, uh, and what they believe now in terms of where we stand within the Christian religion specifically. Mm. So um, I, I have to ask, as a bit of a groupie, um <laughs> how how was the interview with uh david hayward um the the naked oh, wow. pastor because i'm a little bit of a groupie just putting it yeah. out there how did um, i forget to mention the naked pastor <laughs> what a cool conversation with yes. an incredibly compassionate and open human being um just listening to the work that he's doing you know, so he's got an online community at the moment, along with uh, his art work that he publishes a cartoon every day. If you yes. don't know the Naked Pastor, go and have a look. He's got some um, some deeply poignant and very pointed comment towards the church in his artwork. Um, but specifically, what really reached me, he you know he comments about his online community and working alongside people who are still in ministry. And one of the lines that I remember from that episode is. You know, his his sadness at working with people who've effectively become functioning atheists while still being priests, ministers, pastors, because they have reached that point of deconstruction where they'd lost all hope. And yet they're tied to the institution in terms of their livelihood and mm. his deep compassion um, for people and their journeys around that uh, and just trying to support them through the pain and the heartache of their own deconstruction and the threats potentially that they face um, by, you know, owning their story a bit more authentically. Because uh, that's one of the things that the institution does really badly. It, it, it doesn't always encourage people to ask deep questions. Usually we're quite a bit more confined as ministers into, well, this is what we believe. Just tell us what we already know to be true and keep that on repeat. Don't go yes. anywhere new. Don't go exciting. Don't ask deep questions. Otherwise we'll fire you. We don't uh, want that to might hear sound like a caricature. Yeah, it might sound mm. like a caricature, but unfortunately, I know it to be to be painfully true. Uh, and so, yeah, I was also uh, absolutely just fangirling on my side um, <laughs> in that interview with uh, with, uh, with David. It was very cool. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Um, I, we 
I, I definitely look forward to um, hearing all of those interviews and, and just being uh, thrown into that deep end of, of the, the, the amazing work that you're doing. Um, you. I think, you know, we, we really have to ask these challenging questions and, and it might be uncomfortable. And it's, uh, I think this episode alone that um, we've just recorded with you, Steve, is, is going to be uncomfortable for some people who are listening. It, it's going to be very mm. awkward. Mm. My, my brain hurts. His <laughs> 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 brain is sore. Sorry, Eve. Uh, it's fine. She's no, had, you're not. <laughs> she, no, she's no, had I a really donut. Am. Her sugar will be back I, soon. Let, let me say this. I, I really mean that because... My brain also hurts, and I also find this uncomfortable. These these are not easy questions for me to ask either. Um, I must be honest with that. And I have deep, deep compassion um, for the people that I have conversation with that I ask these questions of um, because I know the risk associated, I think at least, with entertaining some of them and what the potential future holds, even though I hold a bit of an apocalyptic stance, you know, like the, the future is this, we need to look into the future and, and not be certain about what's coming because it's the only way to really embrace change. Otherwise we just recycle things that keep us comfortable. Mm. Um, but I have great compassion because I've been through a deconstruction myself and I continue to go through cycles of deconstruction and they're incredibly risky and they can be incredibly painful um, and so I say that because I, I don't take joy in just pushing people's buttons. Um, <laughs> and I acknowledge that it is, this is a hard process. And as you say, Mo, these are hard questions. Um, and I'm encouraged by what some of what I've experienced by asking some of them. And I found some of it to be very painful. And I've lost friends and I've lost colleagues and I've lost livelihood because of this sometimes. Mm. Um, and so it's not a simple space. Uh, but but I really mean it. I hopefully I have compassion on myself, <laughs> and I have compassion with others in terms of these spaces. So I'm sorry if I've pushed any buttons. But it's buttons. gross. No, <laughs> I, I I think that's fantastic. I, I love pushing buttons. That was interesting. But but I think mine is more. I like stirring the pot. Um, but okay. but I think that the, the the gospel is always something that challenges. That I think that it's it always brings us out of our comfort zone and. Um, <laughs> It's it's okay because there there'll always be those around us to kind of help us through that journey and and that's the the beautiful part of the gospel. Um, so so thank you for your journey because I I know that there are those who through this COVID pandemic and 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 through this um, you know inward looking part of of life are, are going to be starting down this journey that you've already been on. Um, sure. and, and so they can look to you for some guidance and some help um, and all of that and just listen to some other great people that you've interviewed as well and, and the things that they've done. So I think that's that's kind of the blessing that you're giving the rest of us. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you, Mo. It, it mm. may sometimes feel like a curse. Um, I, I fall back often. I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, you know, Richard Raw talks about deconstruction as a cycle of order. Yeah chaos and reorder yes um and and so you know I, I fall back on that paradigm quite often i find it very helpful and partly because it's it provokes trust in me that on the other side of chaos is reorder but i know that within myself and i think for many of us there's a temptation when you hit the chaos space 
to retreat back into order because it's safer. And so if anything, you know, kind of, I would sort of sum things up for today here and go, I would encourage, encourage myself and encourage anyone who's listening who feels threatened by the chaos space to try and embrace it as a gift, as a blessing and not a curse. And that on the other side of chaos, there's a reorder. And we don't know what it is because you have to process through chaos to get there. And if you're not processing through chaos, you're just fooling yourself and you're playing around within your own order. Hmm. But there has to be some stripping away. that, you know, this is where I find the biblical language of seeds falling to the ground and dying and death and resurrection and the stripping away. And, you know, the, my father prunes the branches. There's these images that come up, I find that are helpful to go, if I am willing to take God's hand and to look into the darkness that is the chaos, perhaps God will lead me through to the other side and I will emerge in a new space. I will go through this kind of chrysalis experience and come out on the other side. And I can trust God through the darkness, even though I can't see him, to journey with me to the other side, you know, where the stone is rolled away and the light comes streaming in. And there is a reorder, a new order, our new normal, which is our language of Corona and the COVID lockdown. Mm. Uh, and that's my encouragement. That um, hold and I on. just want I just want to add to that that often those images mm. make us feel like, oh, yay, we're pruning, but actually pruning is painful. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it being stuck in a desert is not comfortable. It's it's yeah. it's pretty bad. You know, it's 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 dry. You don't have water. Mm. Like it's mm. it's not a mm. it's not a comfortable space to be in. You know, dying mm. and resurrection, that is not a walk in the park. It is not meant to be easy, but we've, we've, we've sort mm. of put these images out there that you're being pruned. How lovely. No, it is, <laughs> it is, it's not, it's not an, it's not an easy thing. So my brain hurting mm. is probably a good thing. And if you're at home and your, your brain is hurting, it's a good thing too. <laughs> ah. Ah. ah, like Paul says, take joy in the pain. Um, because mm. it's all for a good thing. Take joy in it. It, it. it will, it will, it will, if you push through, get better. Um, and there will be a reordering of life. Steve, you're yeah, <laughs> Thank you. That was, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. I, I thank think, you to you both. What a cool experience to join you. And I, I really appreciate that you're willing to push back and ask your questions. Uh, it's so phenomenal to have such great dialogue. Thank you. And thank you. Yeah, for thank you for that. I, I think for us that was a turn. That's this is now a turning point in in our podcast. Um, uh, <laughs> All downhill it, from here. Yeah, that's that's woo, woo. Why why would you put that out there? Why would you put that out there? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, yeah, Uncle Steve, you, Steve, for joining us and being a part of this. Um, have an epic, blessed journey, and we we just thank you for the the, the joy that you've given us and super blessings. For yes. the baby. Good luck with all of that. Hey. Thank oh, you. that's going to be so you. much fun. Yeah. Thank you. That's going to be you. great. And God bless you guys. Bless you for your ministry. What a, what a wonderful initiative this podcast is. Uh, in some ways, as I see myself as an ex-Anglican, um, it's so cool to see people of your caliber and character um, taking on something like this. So bless you for your projects and what you're busy with, but also just within yourselves and your own walks with God. Um, yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, Steve. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, you're you're welcome now to to go and top up the cup of coffee, take a bit of a nap, 
maybe if you need one. Um, and and we'll see you for the next episode of, of fun and excitement. I think in the next episode we're, we're we're just going to talk about like some fun games you can play during COVID. That's a good idea. Um, I think it's a, that's a nice idea for the next episode. Um, just talk about games. Uh, thank you so much for joining and being part of this epic journey with us in this episode.